2: yo, oh. yo, yo, oh. Aubrey Edwards. Tony Shivani we bout to party, we bout to party, undistricted got the house now, we gon' turn it up, up, bring the house down, got that big space, pump and make them bounce now, Bouncing like they bossing in the brick
0: everybody, welcome to AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of all Elite Wrestling. It is Thursday morning, if you're listening to this, on your favorite podcast platform, Monday, if you're watching that on YouTube. I am Aubrey Edwards, here with my wonderful co-host, Alex Eberhentes.
1: How are you, buddy? I am doing fantastic. Super excited to talk to our guest. You know, Aubrey, we, we spend a lot of time backstage, and sometimes we don't have an opportunity to connect with everyone, just because, you know, everyone's kind of doing their own thing and whatnot, so I'm just really, really excited to get to know our guest coming up here because uh got a great story and uh happens to be one third of the roh six man
2: champs
0: yes new new champ new two time champ how are you con I'm
2: doing pretty good how are y'all doing
0: doing great uh where are you located by the way?
2: Uh, I live in San Antonio Texas ooh
0: I know when this releases it'll be January but like oh my god we're there next week so that's super <laughs> easy for you you can to drive to work. Yeah super cool.
2: Yeah are you gonna walk to work? maybe I probably could like ride my bike <laughs> ride my bike down there probably like a 10 minute bike ride so
0: oh dude yeah. I love the idea of taking your bike to work I don't know how many oh, yeah. people that's at right. aew that could do that that's dope anyway <laughs> congratulations final battle was recently and you just became two time. Uh, ROH six-man tag team champion. This is the first time you've gotten it with the Embassy, and we'll mm. we'll go all into this detail. So, Embassy defeats Dalton Castle and the boys for the championship. What was this match like for you? Because the crowd was electric.
2: It was really, really cool. The first time I won the six-man titles with Ring of Honor, was during the pandemic, so there was no crowd. So you won it in an empty building, and it was like mm. you really couldn't soak in that feeling. So winning it this time in front of like a full house, just hearing the crowd being electric, I kind of just like a lost part of myself. And that's when I get really cocky and start talking shit to people. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, that's a good time. So what did you do to celebrate? Did you do anything special? What did you do like immediately after?
2: Uh, I actually had to drive back to San Antonio right after. Made a four and a half hour drive. And then I went, I got some pizza, had a couple donuts, and I just called it a night. Now, that's a championship celebration. Oh, yeah.
0: I know, right? I love that wrestling days is like, I'm going to eat, like, not at all before my match, so I'm still, like, (laughs) not super bloated. And then afterwards, it's like, pizza and donuts, motherfucker. Like, this is how we roll. (laughs) That's it. Everyone just goes to catering and grabs all the desserts to save for later. It's like, all right, I'm going to eat three of these, but not until after my match. I love it. So you're a part of Gates of Agony, tag team with uh, Toa. Mm -hmm. Talk about how you guys first became a tag team.
2: It's kind of funny because him and I, Saw each other at some of the darks that we did. I remember telling in front of mine, like, I was like, I want to talk to this guy. He looks like he wrestles the way that I like to wrestle. Big dude doesn't do too much like big pace. I was like, I want to talk to him. So we actually both got flown to D.C. at the same time, and we just kind of hit it off, and we had like a three-hour conversation. And then Tony wanted to talk to both of us at the same time. He's like, you know what? I want to sign you guys. I want you guys to be on tag team. And, like the irony, we just had this great conversation. We're actually, we're actually pretty similar and like have the same mindset and motivations in wrestling. So just kind of worked out that way. Wow, that's super cool. And,
1: and yeah, you complement each other so well. And I remember seeing you guys at Dark and you guys have such a presence that, I mean, Tony has such an amazing gift of being able to pair people. And it's mm-hmm. just instincts are always just spot on with that stuff, which is amazing. So uh, it's so cool to see you guys together as a team. When did you find out that you were going to be paired with
2: Tully Blanchard? Belita was super card of honor. Like we were hearing rumblings from a couple of people. I was like, oh, I'm gonna be with Tully and get to the building. Like, hey, this is what's gonna happen. work with Tully. At first, I didn't know how to feel about that. Like, I knew who the Four Horsemen was, and I was just kind of wondering what the direction was gonna be. But then once I actually got to meet him, I got to travel with him a lot. He's also in San Antonio. I got to train with him a little bit. Such a cool guy. I just sit there like have film study sessions with him. All the knowledge that he was giving to us in that short amount of time. Yeah, I, I was really fortunate for that situation to work out.
0: We talk about Tully Blanchard, but then Prince Nana comes in, purchases Tully Blanchard Enterprises. The embassy is reformed, this wonderful group that has history with Ring of Honor. So the embassy, you've got Prince Nana, Brian Cage, you and Toa. How did you find out you were going to be a part of the embassy? Was it kind of a similar thing like day (laughs) of? You're like, oh, hey, by the way, this is a new thing.
2: Yeah, pretty much day of. uh, A lot of the shuffling was happening that day. And then, again, like this irony in this, I remember messaging Prince Nana on Twitter like two years prior. I was like, hey man, I've like, always been a fan of yours. He's like, hey man, I'm, I'm a fan of yours. Like, hopefully, we get to work together someday. And then seeing him that day, I was like, "You Remember that conversation that we had a couple of years ago when I just started wrestling? We were like, we're fans of one another. Like, it's kind of like the that meme of like, look at us, look at us, here we go. <laughs> so, wow, that's the universe talking right there. Seriously. And then even meeting Brian and like, again, same kind of motivation and mindset with wrestling, three big body guys who all work out together. Like, oh, this is this going to be a lot of fun. Now, did
1: you know Brian? Have you met him before or was that your first time meeting him? That was my first time meeting him.
0: Yeah. Brian's a really great guy because he just like from a distance, you're like, man, this guy's super scary. And then like I had a conversation with him after the show the <laughs> other day, and we both found out like we had a love for petting zoos and goats. So he was like <laughs> sending me all these like, <laughs> videos on Instagram. He's like, look at this cute goat. I'm like, yes, yes
2: this is great. <laughs> Yo, he's he's awesome. The stuff that he's already told us now, like when you go into towns, it's just, like, hey, tell them that we're here. You can go to the gym for free. Like, come with some of the, like, little things he's tells us about indie shows, is calling up, back like you're the promoter or something. Get free tickets to whatever. Just take advantage of all these situations. Like, man, thank you. Just take a note.
0: Yeah, Toa was saying he was, uh, he was here one time and Brian Cage wasn't here. He's like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I don't know who to go <laughs> to the gym with. Like, who do I text? Uh, Hobbs is going to the gym. Okay, I'll text Hobbs. Like, yep. <laughs> And it's just funny how you build up that routine together. So, like, do you guys actually, like, all have the same routine? Or do you just go to the gym and then kind of work out on your own? and
2: Kind of just go to the gym and work out on our own. I'm, I'm kind of an asshole. Like, that's why I have these big headphones on. <laughs> do not talk to me when I'm working out. I just rather be alone in my own zone. I kind of get a little crazy. Like some people can be social, but I just I can't do it. I get even more upset. Just let me go do my own thing. Yeah, you're focused.
1: You gotta get that workout in. Yeah. You don't have time to be chit chatting. I mean, that's for later. Exactly. So let's talk about your background because this was pretty fascinating when I read the notes. So you're a Cameroonian prince. On your father's side, there's royalty. Can you talk about that?
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh so my dad is from the small village called Bua in Cameroon. And my grandfather was actually the chief of our village. He passed away and then like kind of how I broke down my dad would be the chief now and I'd be the prince uh so when I went there actually like a decade ago you think about royalty you don't think about like African royalty you think about like you know England and like that's just kind of what you see in the media but when I went there uh we have like this huge compound there's mansions drivers like you don't have to touch a thing wow I literally just had people like serve me for the month that I was there it was wild and uh I've learned as I've done like research on this Maybe like decades, centuries ago, they used to have like this traditional wrestling style Kawasua, And that's how chiefs were determined back then. That's kind of phased out. It's more about who has more political power and more money nowadays. I guess my family has a lot of wealth. But I thought that was really interesting. So I was like, oh, what is, what is the chance to be becoming a professional wrestler? It's always been in my blood. I've been destined to become this thing because that's how my grandfather became the chief back in the day.
0: This is some Black Panther shit. And I love that like... <laughs> <laughs> I just love the idea that like now you're a wrestler. So if like you suddenly had to go back to the the old ways of like defending yep. your position, like you, no one could best you because you're yep. just be like, no, screw you, buddy. I'm going to win. This. this is my throne.
2: Exactly. That's
0: <laughs> fascinating. How did you end up going from Cameroon to America? Like how did, how did that all happen?
2: I mean, I was born in Minnesota. My dad came here. Oh, there you go. Like 16, 17. They had like this lottery system for people that want to come over and go to school. And I think he literally just came over here. He ended up in Pennsylvania, with the school, somehow ended up in Minnesota. And I remember him telling me he would just go to classes for the college classes. He, didn't, he wasn't even enrolled in the classes. He literally would just go to his classes. He found the ones that he wanted to take, did all the coursework. They just assumed that he was a part of the class. And at the end of the semester, he's like, hey, I'm not enrolled here, but I took all the tests and everything, and I still get the college credit. But that's what he did. That somehow he got his his degree that way. <laughs> this is just crazy.
1: You know what's crazy is it just dawned on me that you're an actual prince and you're managed by <laughs> Prince Nana. <laughs> like Right? <laughs> what's the relationship now that you had a chance to work with Nana
2: for quite a while? I haven't told him this, but I kind of look at him like my dad a little bit. Oh Like he just has like this fatherly feel and it's cool to see him like immediately just light up. Oh yeah. Same thing with him, like the relationship I have with him just teaching me things. He's been around for such a long time and all the history he's had with the embassy. Mm-hmm. It's just like seeing my dad and I'm like oh, come here give me a hug alright let's talk business what are we doing are we, what are we using your riches to buy here over here so very cool <laughs> that's so cool
0: I agree with that he just has such like a warm presence yeah like great guy it's great being like near the ring with him because like we're just jawjacking all the time but backstage he's like oh I really love working with you it's so great blah 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 and he's just like such a nice guy like all totally breaking the fourth wall but like all you guys are just so nice yeah. which is always fun when like I'm in the ring with you and like Toe is just like the scariest guy in the world. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> who are you? You were the wonderful man wearing Crocs backstage like 20 minutes ago. Uh oh
1: crap. We're really breaking down that fourth wall today. <laughs> oh yeah, no,
0: it's great. That's great. All right, let's let's go back to ROH a little bit. Yeah. So you won the titles during the pandemic, ROH ceases operation. What was sort of the timeline between the end of ROH and you coming to AEW?
2: Oh, it was very quick. The week prior to final battle. I remember I got a little birdie in the locker room. I was like, hey, someone's like, hey, someone from AEW wants to talk to you. I was like, oh, that's perfect because if this is Final Battle, this is our last day here. They're in Garland next week, so I can just make that drive and be right there. So I got in contact. And literally, I had my plan set after Final Battle. Like I was very sad. I like cried that that show is just super emotional. But then literally two days later, I was like, all right, here's a huge opportunity. I never really got to wrestle by myself and be a singles. My first match was Andrade of all people. Oh, my God. <laughs> So I just, I don't know, that was my plan. I looked at it very strategically. I was like, I don't want to be out of this job for long. So let's just make it happen. I know I have talent. I know that I look great. So it's worked out. I love asking this question of folks who worked at Ring of
1: Honor. What was your impression or where were you when you found out that Tony had purchased
2: Ring of Honor? believe I was at home. I was watching Dynamite and I was just like, what? First of all, like, what does that mean for everyone here? Like, We all just lost our job, essentially. We all had the same question. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like, <laughs> what, what does that mean? Is the tape library, is all the roster getting higher? Like, what's what's actually going on? But again, prior to that, I was already having my opportunities on Dark. So I was like, I'm, I'm past this. Like, I'm moving forward.
0: Going back to your Dark matches, first one's with Andrade, second one's with Adam Cole, who we all know has this amazing history with Ring of Honor. Uh, what was it like working with him?
2: Uh, Adam is awesome. And I've talked about this before. Like, I studied these dark matches religiously. I would watch this and like, okay, what are these people doing here that are giving opportunities and how can I be able to showcase my skill and stand out? And just for the way that I was training, I'm like, to me, it's all about the moments. So I knew that they were like throwing me the fire with the opponents that I was having. was like, how can I make myself stand out? One is uh, slapping Andrade in the face. Mm. And two is chopping Adam Cole as hard as possible and being like, yep. I'm not here to back down you guys. Like, I'm here to, to really get a job and show you that I belong in the ring. So I remember coming back after that match and Tony was like, Are you okay? Like, is, is he okay? <laughs> 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 like, why was he hitting you so hard? I'm like, that's just how I wrestle, man. Like, I'm showing you that I'm different. Like, I'm here to really get a job. Had you previously worked with any other uh, talent at
1: AEW before being uh, a part of AEW?
2: I don't think so. I think when I got signed there, the elite just left. So I remember seeing them at a show in the Hammerstein Ballroom. It was kind of just like two ships crossing. And I said hi to everybody, but like I never got to wrestle anyone. Um, so it was funny that to come to I'm like, oh, I used to work with all you guys. Like, we've seen each other. We don't really know each other too well, but they know what my face is. So, but now I get the opportunity to, and that's gonna be a lot of fun.
0: It's always great how everything just kind of comes full circle. Seriously. It's like, oh. Ships passing in the night, but now all the ships end up docking together. This is a great conversation we're having with Khan from the embassy on AEW Unrestricted. Coming up, we're going to talk some backyard wrestling and the Hardy
1: Boys. And we're back at Unrestricted. It's Aubrey and Alex, and we have one third of the Ring of Honor six man chats, Khan. And boy, we've been learning a lot about Khan. This is great. But Khan, we got to talk about your background, your history in pro wrestling. Let's talk some backyard wrestling. So, how did you get into this? Tell us a little bit about what your gimmick
2: was. Give us all the deets. Most, like most people, fell um, in love with wrestling when I was like ten years old. First thing I saw was D.J. Ish Next, then I saw the Hardy Boys. That's when I started losing my mind. I remember buying the first DVD, yeah, I think called Leap of Faith, and they did the backyard trampoline wrestling thing. So I conned my mom and bought me a trampoline.
1: <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Wait, you conned your mom? Yeah. Con conned his mom.
2: Okay, tell us <laughs> yeah. about that, please. It's probably just like telling her, promising her that I'll do chores every day for like uh... or something like, there's only like a hundred bucks at Costco. It's like, all right, get us the trampoline. I will be safe, whatever. And one of my best friends who was also obsessed with wrestling, I was like, here we go. We got the ramp, we need the trampoline. I figured out the cost to like make my own backyard post to get like a water hose for ropes. Like I literally just studied this DVD and I was like, all right, we're going to make a backyard ring. We had the camcorder set up and then like, two blocks from my house was this like gymnastic studio that we borrowed mats from uh we gave them back eventually <laughs> but we basically just made a whole backyard arena my parents didn't care so i was like here we go we had like five people on our little roster uh, my name was double x at the time and then we would just wrestle every day all through the summer just recording and i had, like dvds of our shows I really wanted this to be a real thing.
0: Oh, my God. I love it. And I love how resourceful you are. Like, oh, let's use Mm -hmm. garden hoses for ropes, which is actually pretty smart because it's kind of like cabling and whatnot. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. (laughs) I also love when you're a kid and you're like, please, mom, buy me this thing. And it's only like $100. But in your mind, that's like priceless, right? Because it's this gigantic thing. And it's just like, I have no idea how much this actually costs in the grand scheme of things.
2: Yeah. So
0: D-Generation X, Hardy Boys. What was it about those sort of groups that pulled you in?
2: I think with DX, it was just like my first thing to seeing wrestling. And then like, of course, at that time, it was like the Suck It Chops. And I was like, what am I watching on television right now? This is this weird, like soap proper stuff. And then with the Hardys, it was just like their ladder matches. I remember the Terry Reynolds Invitational and just the bumps. And like, you see Jeff Hardy, you see the hair dyed, like the cool cut socks on his arms and tattoos. I don't like jumping off the top rope, but like this is the coolest thing ever. I was just completely enamored, which like forced me to learn how to do flips outside of the front yard, just jumping around. And again, we would do like backyard ladder matches. I don't know, something about being this like, enigma that he was. And I feel like he's such a free spirit. I like drew my whole life and did art. So something that, like I can immediately connect to and he was soft spoken. I'm like, this is like my role model. So, So we're going to talk about that art in
1: a second. But what was your first encounter with Matt Hardy backstage?
2: I actually met him at a Maryland championship wrestling show. It was when they were doing like the whole delete thing. I remember Jeff like passed by me. He was like, eh, nah, you can just walked by. And then Matt was backstage and I got to meet him with the promoter. It was like a haze or maybe I just like blacked out. It was just like a haze of him. <laughs> I was like, Hey, I'm Jasper. He's like, Oh, this is some of the guys that are coming up. And like, he just was staring at us. I feel like it was probably a tough match and a lot of travel for those guys. I'm like, I know I don't mean shit, but like, you just made my day. So <laughs> well, they're very nice. They're
0: super nice. And like once you get to know Matt, he's super talkative. Oh, yeah. I, I think like watching the Hardy Boys, I always would have assumed that like Jeff's the super outspoken guy, but it was it's 100% Matt. Like he's the guy that just <laughs> so, so great. So just touching on the art thing, you actually went to college for 3D animation and graphic design?
2: I did. Uh, I got my bachelor's in fine art and I did, did a semester of 3D animation on college. California. I realized it was way harder than I thought it was going to be. Like, oh, I want to work for Pixar. Much harder than you think that's going to be. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I pivoted, moved back to Minnesota, got my master's in graphic design. My goal is to always art direct publications, make magazines, and within a year in grad
1: school, I was already doing that. Wow. Tell us a little bit more about that. What, what type of magazines? Wh-
2: who are you working for? Uh, the small publishing company with magazines and that, that's cool but it's like the magazines that you find in hotels where you do, like the attractions that kind of stuff and then if you were going to move to minnesota i like made this magazine where you have all the different neighborhoods and, like different school districts it's basically like the, the state magazine so ours is minnesota monthly texas has like their own magazine and i literally just go go through the whole thing work with the copywriter kind of design the layout with the pictures and the words and then my name is in there as art director. Wow. Very cool. And like I literally wanted to do that the movie Friends of Benefits with Justin Timberlake, he was the art director of GQ. I was like, Oh, what's the art director do? Oh, you get to make magazines. That's what I want to do now. And then I just worked hard enough to do that for a magazine I didn't care about, but it was still good to do with art direction.
0: I mean, it's one of those like, even though it's not like some crazy thing like GQ or people or whatever, like Hotels need magazines and states need magazines. So that's like pretty constant work. Like that's stuff that's seen by millions of people. So that's that's really freaking cool, man. I love it. Oh, yeah. You, you had mentioned briefly Maryland Championship Wrestling, which I know a lot of awesome, awesome wrestlers have come through. Like why Maryland?
2: Because of the woman that I was dating at the time. Uh... She got a job in Baltimore. I was kind of at a point in my career anywhere where I was just like, I don't really want to work for this agency I'm designing for. I wanted to quit my job. So I was like, oh, let's just switch it up, go somewhere else. And she got a job offer out there. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. I never, i didn't, like, I knew where Maryland was, but I didn't really know where Maryland was on the map. I was like, "Ah, oh, let's just go out there. And MCW was out there. So that was like perfect timing. Cause I signed up within six months of moving out there. And Baltimore was like great to me. I lived out there for like five, six years and started my career. So
1: yeah, that's super cool. It's funny how things kind of work out. So Aubrey had mentioned uh, how many great people had come from Maryland. It's kind of interesting how your destiny led you to there. But then your destiny also led you to, ironically enough, ROH, which their home was in Baltimore. So you had an opportunity in 2008 at a tryout. So tell us about that experience and how that came to be.
2: Yeah. So I was training at MCW for about a year and a half. Julian McGree, I give a lot of credit to him. He was coming around to teach some of the veteran students everything that he knew because he was a producer at WWE for a while. And then I think there was like this resurgence of starting the ROH Dojo system over. So he's like, hey, there's gonna be a tryout in a few months. I already pulled a couple of the veteran students over like you as well. I didn't want to do the tryout. When you get into like wrestling or you're like chasing your dream to see that it's actually becoming a real thing is very scary. And I was like, I don't want my life to change. I already moved to Maryland. Now I'm wrestling and I'm training twice a week doing these birthday parties on the weekends. That's a lot. But like now it's going to become a real thing again. I'm going to have a real opportunity to, to work for ROH and get paid to wrestle. That's very scary. So... I had a conversation with my friend Ken Dixon about it. he's like, just go do it. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. I know that I'm pretty talented. Like, I, I truly believe that. So, we did this trial for two days and then got the offer to do the dojo, which was a hell of an experience. It was four days a week, basically four, five, six hours a day working with Joey. Will Ferrar, Gresham was there traveling to, the, we were basically ring crew. We were like paid ring crew. And there's like a five of us that got to work with Joey every day. And it's just, Constant, non-stop technical training, film study, cutting promos. This is how the business works. This is what I want you guys to do. It was a lot. It was some people like hated it. Uh, it was a blessing in disguise to me because within a year of being at the dojo, I got offered this contract and then I got a, I got to work for Ring of Honor, which five years prior, I didn't even know what R was until I went to an EV show and saw AJ Styles. Yeah. So to see that come to fruition, mm. I always talk about like wrestling being very surreal to me. So the fact that I'm living out this dream, which is just crazy to me. Like, oh, I want to be a professional wrestler. Oh, five and a half years later, yeah, I'm on national television now. So yeah. That's how it works. <laughs> no big deal. It's crazy.
0: Whatever. <laughs> so pandemic hits, everything shuts down, and you go from Baltimore to Texas. What was what was the reason there?
2: My whole career, I've been in a tag team. And like this is kind of where the basis comes from. I was in a tag team a lot of the time. And me and Joey and the RJ Meyer, who was my first trainer at MCW, was like, hey, back in the day, people used to travel to towns. That's how they became great at this. So I felt like during the pandemic, a lot of the promotions stopped running on the East Coast. There maybe was like a few, but there was not a lot of opportunities. But I felt like we weren't really getting booked anywhere when I was in the tag team. I was like, you know what? I need to take a chance on myself. Like I moved out here. I've accomplished like this first chapter of my dream. Now I need to go really out here by myself and start over again. So I ended up moving to Texas. I never really wrestled on independence before, but I, I wanted to do that. I wanted to have the experience because I was taught that this would make you humble, like you need to have these experiences. This is how you grow, become well diverse at wrestling. So, when I moved to Texas, I was literally wrestling outside of barns. Like, I was wrestling at these shitty bars. And it made wrestling on TV during the pandemic, or like even now with AEW, like full circle. Like, I had that experience. I've worked with people that are not that great, worked with people that are really good, that are like hitting gems. I've learned how to like actually interact with crowds and like have that fun experience, be my own promoter, make my own brand, sell merch, like get out there and really grow as a professional wrestler. Like that was the whole mindset behind that. I needed to, I'm very introverted, very into myself, but like I needed to get out there, and push myself outside this box and go take that leap of faith. And you did. What
1: a great leap of faith it was. Mm-hmm. I, I want to backtrack a little bit because we talked about the Hardys, but who else were some of kind of your inspirations or favorite wrestlers, you know, kind of growing
2: up? First in the six, I was Rey Mysterio. I remember I watched his debut match on Velocity when he popped up through the bottom of the entrance. round. I'm like, this is very cool. I never saw much Libre before. Booker T, The Rock, the big heavy hitters, Triple H, Kane, Undertaker, like Jericho. Like I remember like these pivotal moments in their careers, like the Undisputed Championship when they combined the two titles and there's like the four matches building up to that one. I was a huge kind of Kurt Angle, like just the entertaining, the going out there with like the belt truck. I, I like loved all wrestling. Like I just loved all the characters I got to see because I was learning little things about all these different people and that's what drew me into the whole show.
0: It's just so great that there's so many different styles and so many different characters and mm. backgrounds. And it's, it's a buffet, and there's something for everyone. Mm. And it's awesome. Yeah. So we have a bunch of fan questions coming up for Khan. I'm sure this won't surprise him. Most of the questions are from his adoring female fans. Coming up next on AEW <laughs> Unrestricted. <laughs> this is AEW Unrestricted. Aubrey and Alex here are talking with Khan. ROH two-time. Six man. There's so many numbers there. Two-time six man champion. He's killing it. He's all over the U.S. Just such a humble guy, such a a great guy, such an incredibly hardworking individual. And I'm so glad you're a part of our family. This is wonderful. And he's a prince.
1: I mean, he's a prince. (laughs) (laughs) He's a
0: prince. A prince from Minnesota.
1: (laughs) A legit prince. We've
0: gotten to the fan question part. I love breaking the fourth wall here. So my sister helps me with my social media. And anytime I have to do like the Q&A for the podcast, I'm like, Mm -hmm. hey, can you give me a picture for Connie? He goes, oh my God, you're so hot. Like it's the first thing my sister (laughs) says to me. I'm like, yeah, okay. And then like seeing all the questions come in, like we've got some, some adoring fan questions from, uh, you've, you've got quite the fan. So, so we'll get to that. But first off, we have a question from the Dalton Castle. Uh,
1: Sounds familiar. Who
0: says, please ask what's his problem?
2: <laughs> I don't. I don't have the problem. <laughs> His problem
0: is Dalton Castle.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was him and the boys like screaming all the time. And the fact that he called me a hippopotamus kind of disrespectful.
1: Yeah. Honestly, that was a low blow. It really was. I, yeah, that, I thought better of Dalton. That's my problem. That's why I had hit them so hard. <laughs> well, now, now he knows, Dalton. You know, you got your answer, buddy. <laughs> so, <laughs> moving on. Ali Golem has a really great question. She wants to know: with Shane Taylor promotions coming back and showing up a final battle. Do you see yourself being pulled two ways between Shane Taylor Promotions and the Embassy?
2: I'm not sure. They're both great factions, both great members uh, on both teams. But what I I think I saw that question too. I'm not pulled in two ways. I feel like if anything, they both should be fighting over me. When you think about it, I am am the common denominator here for why we both held championship both. So clearly, I'm the prized possession. They should be coming towards me, right? They should be fighting for my presence on the team.
1: Good answer. I feel like I'm on the uh, family feud. Good answer. Good answer. (laughs) That's right. They should. Mm
0: -hmm. The embassy has so many princes. We could just spread them around a little bit. Each group could get a little bit of royalty. No big deal. That's true. Uh, We have a question from Phoenix. (laughs) Congrats on becoming two times ROH six-man champion. Who do you have your eyes on next?
2: So I thought about this because the six-man belts have a lot of history, a lot of honor there. And if you think about the team that was most notable holding these titles before us, uh, I believe it was the Elite. Mm-hmm. this is why, why AW exists. So I'm, I'm watching that uh, basically the game of seven very closely. I want to see who takes that. And uh, me too. Whoever gets those six men, that's AEW. I think that's who we're studying up on.
1: Oh, all right, okay. Well, thanks for the heads up. I'll let the boys know. Yeah, we will. Uh, we'll start preparing. For the embassy looking forward to that mm-hmm. <laughs> so i got a question here from kylie fuller who wants to know well she needs to know actually about the tattoos
2: Can you tell us about the tattoos and what the meanings are yes yeah, so i guess this would be a good time to clarify people again i'm cameroonian i found the rock when i was 13 years old He used the person that had like the big tribal piece yeah my people in bua believe part of the tribe that i am bakwari we believe that we can like shape shift and have a spiritual connection with elephants so this is like a very abstract mask like the two eyes, the two ears. trunk would be my chest piece. And there's a bunch of other textiles. There's a fisherman deity. All this is specific to the tribe that I am. All of this is more so my mom's side of the family. Czechoslovakian, Irish, some religious stuff in here. I have like a whole horror leg sleeve. Chucky was my favorite movie growing up. Child's Play too. Uh, Jeepers, Creepers, Leatherface. And then I have the Dulahan, which is the Hellas Horseman. It's the Irish folklore. So again, I try to like pull stuff from my family, like, little history things and that's just kind of that makes up who I am. That's so cool. Your
0: body is a history book.
2: Yeah, pretty much.
0: And I just I like the casual mention of horror films there. Have you ever chatted with like Allie and the Blade about your love for horror?
2: I have not. I've overheard them talking. Again, I'm pretty reserved, so until like I feel comfortable with people ask me questions, I just I'm just in it listening, taking things in. But yeah, I am a huge horror fan. My dad has watching the Omen when I was five years old. Why I don't know, but that kind of set me on this weird path of just my sister and I. Have people that I stay up to like two in the morning just watching horror movies in bed. <laughs> I'm gonna go sleep after this, but we just watched like Christ
0: Oh God, I I can't do it. I'm, I'm not a horror fan. I respect it. I respect the love for it, but it's not for me. We have a question from Jennifer Griffin. Slightly silly, but you know whatever. We knew this was coming. How do you handle all the thirsting that we do for you on a daily basis?
2: <laughs> I just scroll through and I just like like and retweet stuff and sometimes I share on my stories. <laughs> However, if you see me in person and you're thirsting after me, just know this, if you're not wearing my merch, do not talk to me.
0: Oh,
2: wow. I will not talk to you. So damn. The th-
1: things you learn here are unrestricted. I mean, out of all the things I think that we have found out here today about Khan, you better be wearing his merch, ladies. You got to be wearing the merch. <laughs> I
0: think also he just definitely sold a few shirts on this on this podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: yep. And I'm going to do the Kiana Reeves hand pose. I'm not going to. Oh, put...
0: God, I love that. <laughs> I do that at uh, meet and greets now. It's just always like the very polite, like hand behind. But like do the fist, not touching. Like yep. that's that's the way to go. <laughs> it's the most respectful way to take photos with ladies.
1: Yep. <laughs> amazing so we've got a question here from i believe it's terrell they know that you just regained the world six man championships but will you compete in singles matches to get yourself ready for obviously the main event scene which you belong
2: in oh it's only a matter of time it's only a matter of time like if you again you go through my mentions of people say about me i i'm the one that's home to be the next crown jewel i'm going to be at the top of this business within a couple of years like i'm the trajectory is already there so you know, if they ever want to give me singles opportunities, I'll go out there, knock it out of the park.
0: Love it. We got a question from uh, ref Aubrey on Twitter. Not actually on Twitter, but just, just now. So you've got the the art background, you've got, you know, your wrestling, your fitness, all this kind of stuff. Do you have any other hobbies?
2: Um, I just started taking acting classes. I feel like if you want to be good at this, then that's something that you need to again, I wanna take myself outside of this box of who I am being pretty, pretty introverted, so Working on public speaking, I want to learn how to do monologues, get more into this emotional storytelling. Other than that, no. <laughs> I guess I like anime. That's what the, the League of Villains jersey is.
0: Oh, damn.
2: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of wrestling and working out. Like that's that's what my life is. And now do you have any dream opponents? I do want another chance with Andrade. Uh Roosh. Him and I barely tussled We did the we did the eight man tag, and he's he's such a cool dude, but like I, I love the way that he works. And then we got to wrestle FTR. That's crazy that like I got to wrestle FTR, but I need to wrestle them again. We need to do that again for like higher stakes. It just like came together so fast. It's like a dream that it happened, but didn't really happen. Yeah. I need like a story there. I want to really like passing the, like the new guard, the old guard. Like I need to have that, that long storytelling rivalry with these guys. I love what they did with the Briscoes. I feel like Toa and I can like whoop their ass again. (laughs)
0: So <laughs> yeah especially like FTR now after like the 2022 that they had like yeah. the amount that you learn in the ring with guys like that and mm-hmm. there's so much knowledge at AEW there's so much experience that we all gain and I'm really happy that you're a part of our family and I love working with you in the ring and getting all the opportunities it's just absolutely great and uh, I'm gonna have to pick your brain on some workout tips eventually coming up so thank you for being here today
2: really appreciate it oh thank you I appreciate it thank you you gave me tip for the new suitcase i got to go get a re- full refund got that for free so oh
0: yeah no the away ones yeah full, yeah. full refund yeah yep. they're great <laughs> they, they don't even pay me to say that but it's the best suitcase ever though. they are great they're so great and full lifetime refund if it's broken replace it
2: easy so i appreciate that
0: oh yeah of course you can follow con on twitter at the con and on instagram at the dot con and that's k-a-u-n yep. there's a lot of ways to spell con in wrestling mm-hmm. let's make sure we get this one right that's good point Very good point, right? You can follow and listen to this podcast. New episodes every Thursday, free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch the YouTube episode on Mondays. Just search AEW unrestricted. Also on Mondays, Dark Elevation. Tuesday, Dark. Wednesday, Dynamite. Rampage. Friday. We're all over the place. You can see Khan. You can see Toa. You can see the entire embassy. All over the place. Watch ROH on Bleacher Report. This is freaking great. I am Aubrey Edwards, along with my special co-host, Alex Leverhentes. Thank you for listening to AEW Unrestricted.
2: Come on, throw your hands up. let me see. Unrestricted, got the house now. We gonna turn it up, up, bring the house down. Got that big space and make them bounce now. Bouncing like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now.